Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's so good to be at Island Church. Hallelujah. It's always an honor to be able to preach at my home church. Thank you, Pastor Lee and Pastor Rusty, if you're listening. Uh, Just good to be with the home folks. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you remember what Pastor Rusty's been preaching on on Wednesday night? Going once? The authority of the believer. Amen. And that's something that I really like. I've, I've, uh, I've been studying on the authority of the believer for about the last two years. Uh, as you know, we go to Nicaragua, and uh, I was there for about, I think, six weeks or something like that. By myself, the cooks were actually, uh, for some reason, they weren't there when I was there. And so I stayed in this apartment by myself when I wasn't doing meetings, and I spent a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in uh, just study, and I found a book that I've read many times, and I've never got through it, by Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, and it's called The Authority's Believer, and I really recommend that book to you, to read, to study, to, to let God uh, help you to grow in the authority that we have as believers. You, you notice that, can you believe that? That's my own grandbaby. <laughs> Ushers, you're going to have to escort that. We can't have that. That is a distraction to me. But he's a cute distraction. Anyway. But it is the authority of the believers that, that help, will help strengthen you and be everything that God has called you to be. You notice what, what Brother Roland talked about, how that uh, Adam and Eve, actually when God created Adam, he gave them authority over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. And they sold it out. They sold it out to the devil, amen? And they actually, they lost their authority. And, and you really, you don't see Old Testament saints and stuff like that really taking authority over the devil, amen? But believers do. And, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if you would, open your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, and, and I want to kind of look at a few things here in this uh, in this chapter here, we're going to try to just walk down through it here real quick and just pull out some, some truth. I think that'll help you tonight. And in, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, For this cause I, Paul, uh, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Notice he, he was a prisoner of Rome, but notice he said, I was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Even though he was in prison, he was still on the assignment that God had for him. Don't get much amens on that. But actually, if he wouldn't been in prison, we wouldn't be reading his book. It was inspired by God. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, uh, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to, uh, to me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, uh, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby uh, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Now notice he talks about the dispensation of the grace of God. And then he talks about the mystery of Christ. Uh, Paul was an incredibly brilliant man. Historians tell us that he was, uh, could possibly speak 32 different languages. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, he was taught uh, by Gamaliel. I mean, he, w- he was a very authoritative, very powerful Jewish, just tough guy. Uh, his- historians tell us he was no more than five foot tall. And I think I've said this before. When I think of Paul, I think of Danny DeVito. I think he was a little tough dude. He's, you know, he could, he, he, he could handle some stuff, 
but he was also had the wisdom of God and he had the call of God and the grace of God on his life. And here he talks about the dispensation of the grace of God and he talks about revelation and he talks about the mystery uh, whereby he says, when you read it, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ. You know, God's not withholding things from us. Uh, quit saying that, that I can't understand the Bible. Well, you don't understand it. With your, it comes by revelation. Uh, you know, I know we teach the word of God and, and preach the word of God in a church setting. But revelation comes by the Holy Spirit talking to you, speaking to you personally. There, there's been a many a time, I know Pastor Rusty talks about that, about preaching a message and having somebody come to the back and say, man, that was a great message on dot, dot, dot. And he was like, well, I didn't preach on dot, dot, dot. I preached on, but, but they heard a word from God that they needed. And, and it might have just been one little phrase that was made. It might have just been something that was just spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that set that person free. Amen. So, so we believe God for that. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. We, we believe that we speak uh, by the unction of God. And, and God has something for everybody tonight. Amen. So, so when you hear these words like revelation and mystery and, and stuff like that, don't freak out about it. Because God's not withholding any of this from us. Amen. But notice in verse 5 it says, Which in other ages uh, was not made known unto the sons of men, uh, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The, these things were revealed to Paul by Jesus. Amen. Look, look over real quick in the book of, of uh, Galatians. Just take a left over here in Galatians chapter 1. And, and this, this is very interesting to me. In, in Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse 12, uh, this is Paul speaking. He said, I neither received, talking about his revelation of the gospel, he said, I did not receive it from man, and neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, in the Amplified, it says, For indeed I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came to me through direct revelation given to me by Jesus Christ. And if you go and look on a little further in, 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 in the chapter, it talks about him going up to, to Jerusalem, and it talks about him meeting with Peter uh, for a couple of years. And then he went back to Arabia. And, and in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, 14 years later, after I went again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, he says he went by revelation. So for 14, actually for 17 years, Paul was being taught by the Holy Ghost. And I believe Jesus himself was personally teaching him. Because this was not some little revelation. There was a change in dispensation that took place when Jesus Christ what died on the cross when he rose from the dead, we went from having to drag a, a, a goat in here or a sheep in here or a lamb in here and having to slay it to cover our sins. Everything changed. And when something that radical changes, especially in, in, in the move of God and what God is doing, God used Paul to help, through revelation, teach it to the church. Amen? So flip back over to Ephesians. And let's pick it up in verse 6. Uh, actually, in 5, it says that in the other ages uh, was not made known un unto the sons of men as it is revealed now to his apostles and his prophets by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise uh, of Christ by the gospel. Now, I guarantee you that didn't go over real well with the Jews. Amen? But he's, he's, he's teaching this, he's talking about this 
to the Ephesians, the people that I've been to Ephesus. It's a great city. It's awesome. It's beautiful. There, there's actually an a, uh, amphitheater there that seats 25,000 people. When, when me and Dad were there, they were actually having a concert there, and you could sit at the very top of the amphitheater, and you could hear anything that was said on the stage. It had perfect acu acoustics. The houses in, in that community at the time, it actually, they actually had air conditioning. They had a, a, a river that ran down from the mountain into that city, and they had troughs around the, the houses that they had, and that cool water cooled their houses. It was a very advanced society, but, man, it was a messed up society. They, they worshiped the goddess Diana, who was the goddess of fertility. So I'm just going to leave it at that. It was a wicked place. And here Paul, if you read Acts chapter 19, Paul goes to the city and he finds 12 people that, that were baptized in John's baptism. And Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He ended up getting them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And he started the church with 12 people, ended up in a riot because he was going to the synagogue and what, what Paul was preaching wasn't going over real well. So he ended up in a, what was like a high school. And the Bible says that he taught daily in the, in the school of, of, of a certain man. And he said for two years he taught there, and the whole world at that time heard the gospel from what went, went on out of that church, out of that Bible school that he had there. And historians tell us that the church grew up to over 30,000 people. Awesome, isn't it? I tell you, the word of God works. The word of God grows. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and it's growing. That's us, amen. But it says the Gentiles should be fellow heirs in verse 6 of the same body, partakers of the promises of God. Wherefore I made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, which means he was, he was an apostle. Verse 8 it says, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, now, Paul always had kind of a, de demeaned, a demeaning look at himself. He was, he was a very humble man. He, he knew what he came from, but he knew what God delivered him out of. He had a terrible past. He had, I mean, he, this guy was a terrorist. Amen. He was literally a terrorist when it came to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on his way to Damascus, Jesus personally stopped him. And he said, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting people. He was there to, to haul away uh, Christian men and women, boys and whoever got in his way. He was there to haul them off to prison. He actually had, he was responsible for the, for the uh, execution of Stephen. Amen. How would you like to have that on your conscience? And then have God, Jesus come sit. No wonder Jesus had to sit, hang out with him for 16 years. Amen. And then God gave him the revelation, if any man be in Christ. He's a new, I'm in Christ. I'm not that guy that was on the road to Damascus. I died on the road to Damascus. And the power of God and the resurrection uh, that was in Jesus now is in me. And it made me a new creation. He said, I'm trying to get a hold of what got a hold of me. Amen. Praise God. So in verse, uh, let's go to verse 9. It says, and to make all men see. What is the fellowship of the mystery which was from the beginning of the world hid in God who created uh, all things in Christ? Now, now flip over to the book of Colossians and we'll see what that mystery is. It's very, this is, this is the, 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 the mystery of God broken down to the lowest common denominator. 
and, and it's in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. And he says this, he said, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which was given to me for you to fulfill, now listen to this, to fulfill the word of God. Whoa. Whoa. Paul, I need you to teach and preach this to fulfill the word of God. Whoa. That's pretty strong. Well, what was it? It says, even the mystery that had been hid from the ages and from generations, but is now made manifest unto the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. 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 And clap for Jesus. That is, that is, that is everything, that you, everything that Christ has has been put on the inside of you. Christ in you, the anointed one and his anointing the power to heal the sick, the power to speak to mountains, the power to take authority over the devil has been placed within the believer. Amen. Christ in you. It's not you. It's Christ in you that gives you that authority. Now flip back over to, to Ephesians here. Verse 10, it says, And to the intent, uh, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places be known by who? By God? By Jesus? No, by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. What he's saying is, is God is wanting to use believers to show the devil his manifold wisdom how that, that man, listen, man, the Bible says man was created a little lower than the angels. Satan was an angel. He was a created being, but angels are mighty beings. And man fell, and man, man was just, he was just man. He had no power. He gave it all the way to the devil. He had no authority. But in Christ, now, now Christ is in you. That authority is in you. That word is in you. The hope of glory. And, and the Bible says, I, I like this. He says, to the intent that now the principalities and powers in, uh, in heavenly places might be known unto the church, the manifold wisdom of God. They're looking at you and saying, man, how is it when, when they say the name of Jesus, I got to stop. I got to cease. Here, here is a created being, a man, and here's Satan, who is a created being, who is more created, more powerful. And God says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get Jesus to go down there. Jesus is going to pay the price. And he's going to come be seated with me in heavenly places. And I'm at rest. I'm going to give that authority back over to the believers. And I think God kind of snickers at that. Because when the devil tries to pull his little tricks on everybody, he says, sick them. I wish if they'd just use that name. And, and, and sickness has to go, and disease has to go, and, and God has all kinds of brilliant ways to heal people and deliver people and get people saved through the power of the gospel. Amen. There, there's a little church that I, I preach up in, in Kirbyville uh, uh, of a friend of mine, and he had a, a lady in his church that had a, uh, a feeding tube. And the doctors told her there's, there's no way that uh, we're going to be able to take you know, you're going to have this feeding tube in your stomach the rest of your life. There's no way that we can fix it. There, you know, it's just, you're just going to have to deal with it. Well, the church started praying. 
Amen. You know, it's good for the church to pray. And, and as, as they begin to pray, th this lady's doctor, who was, was a, he was, a, a, I guess, an Arab, a Muslim, he said, he came to, uh, actually, she came to his uh, office, and uh, he said, your Jesus visited me in a dream last night. And he said, he showed me what to do to fix your, your feeding tube. And I think God got a good kick out of that. <laughs> and that. And that doctor got born again. He got saved. He got right with God. Jesus, I tell you, God is moving. It, listen, we, when we pray, when we believe God, I tell you, God, God moves. I, and I think there's a momentum. Amen. But we, as Pastor Rusty said, we have to be aware of our authority in Christ. We can't just lay down and let the devil run us over. Amen. We, but you have to have the word on the inside of you. And it has to be revelation. There's a lot of people that know about the Bible. There's a lot of people that know about the history of the Bible. There's a lot of people that have PhDs and all this kind of stuff and, and, and know a lot of things about the book, but they don't know him. God, God is not interested about any of that stuff. He's interested in you. He's interested in having a relationship with you and, and, ha and you having a relationship with him. Because when you know your, the Bible says those that know their God will be strong and do ex exploits. They, they know that they have authority over the devil. They know they have authority over sickness and disease. And they, you've got to make a stand. You've got to be a fighter. You got any fighters in here? I'm not going to let the devil have my church. I'm not going to let the devil have my family. I'm not, I mean, we've, we've fought through some junk. And we're here on the other side and we're victorious. Amen. And we're going to stay victorious. Amen. We're going to, you know, let, let the dogs bark. The train's moving on. Amen. And, and that's the problem. A lot of times as believers, we get so caught up in such petty things and, and little petty, petty arguments and stuff. Forget about that. Let's serve God. Let's, it's about him. It's not about you. It's not about, it's not about my ministry, your ministry, my, whatever it is. It's about Jesus. And when we, when we get our focus right on him, everything else seems to come in line. Praise God. Verse 11 says, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus the Lord, in whom we have, listen, boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. You got some boldness when you pray? You got some confidence when you pray? Why? Because you have access to God. These people in this other dispensation didn't have it. The high priest could go one time a year with his hand in a bucket of blood, and if hopefully he didn't have any sin in his life, with bells and pomegranates all around his row. And as long as he was jingling and dingling along, they could hear him moving. But I tell you what, if he quit, you know, people say that, that, that he kept a rope around him. It'd be hard to find a volunteer to go in there and get him. <laughs> hey, man, maybe. <laughs> hey, somebody go in there and get the priest, man. He's just, <laughs> nah, I'll pass. <laughs> but one person, one time, went in to cover, not remove, but just to cover over the sin of the nation of Israel. And Jesus is waiting right now, when you get home at your house, at your 
kitchen table. Amen. When you get up in the morning, he's waiting there with, wow, he can speak to you through the word. He can speak to you through prayer. What are we focused on? I know we're busy. I know we got a lot of stuff going on in life. But I want to tell you, without God, without our focus, without listen, spend time with God. Spend time in prayer. Jesus died on the cross to, to repair that, that relationship. And so you can have fellowship with God. Wow. You think he knows how to fix your problem? I think too many times, as, just as a believer growing up, we look at Mr. Wonderful or Sister Wonderful to come fix our problems. He's got an anointing. He's got a healing anointing. He's got a money cometh anointing. He's got this or that. No, God wants to hear your prayer. God wants to, listen, and your mountain needs to hear your voice. Amen. You need to take authority about who you are in Christ and make a stand. Amen. Why? Because we have boldness. We have access. We have confidence. By the faith of him. Yes. Woo. Wherefore I desire and I faint not that you faint not at my tribulation uh, for you, which is, which is to your glory. He, he said, man, don't worry about what I'm going through. He said, what I'm going through right now is for your glory. Why is that? Because I'm, I'm writing the word of God to you. You realize that, that what we're studying, what we're reading right now was written uh, in 62 A.D.? And he penned the, these letters in the Roman prison to the church in Ephesus. And here we are, 2020 in Galveston, Texas. And God's still using this word to reveal Jesus to us. Amen. So in verse 14, he starts this powerful prayer. He says, for this cause. What cause? All this stuff that was said before. For the dispensation of grace. Amen. For, the, for knowing the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. For the fact that we can all come together, Jew and Gentile, sinner. Amen. We can come together as the family of God. Listen, it's a family. Amen. There's, and the thing, about, the thing about, I don't know if I want to go there right now, but, but, but here's the deal with Paul. The reason why he stayed away from Jerusalem, because he was a Jew. And the church in Jerusalem was all Jewish people. But you know where he ended up get, getting called out in the ministry at? In Antioch, and the Bible says in, in, in Acts chapter 13, it talks about all the different ethnicity that, that are in Antioch. And the Bible says it, that was the first church where they called them Christians. Listen, when you come into Christ, listen, we're, there's, ne there's neither male nor female. There's neither white nor black, pink or purple, no matter what color you are. We are in the body of Christ. And every one of us adds something to it. It makes you, it makes your uniqueness makes us unique. Everybody tries to be the same. Everybody tries to dress. That's not the way God made us. Be who God's called you to be. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. But he said this, he said, for this cause, I'll bow my knee unto the father of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, to who the whole family in heaven and earth is named. See, it's a family. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. See, so many times, you know, in this prayer, a lot of times, and I preach it myself like this, you know, when I preach on love and talk, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, you know, treat other people the way you would want to be treated, you know, love is kind, love is patient, all this kind of stuff. Well, th this is different, what he's talking about here. 
He's talking about that you'd be strengthened with might in the inner man for what purpose? For you to receive the love of God. Quiet in here. Oh, I love God. I love God. Yeah, but does he love you? A lot of times, the reason why we don't receive from God because we condemn ourselves. And the devil condemns us. And, and so-and-so condemns us. Come on. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded, what? In love. That you might know what is the, that you might be able to, to comprehend uh, with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of what? How can you do that? <laughs> it says it's beyond your knowledge. How, why did God love you? Why did God care about you? Can, can, and Paul is praying, man, I want you to have a revelation of how much your heavenly father loves you. He cares about you. I don't care what kind of mistakes you've made. I don't care what kind of sin you've got in your life right now sitting in here. Listen, God loves you, and he cares about you, and it's the love of God that brings men and women to repentance. It's finding out, hey, man, God loves me in spite of my mistakes. God loves me in spite of the stupid things I've done. God loves me in spite of, of the sin that I've committed. And the church is usually the first one to point the finger at somebody. Amen? And, and, but here's the deal. Remember Jesus, they, they brought a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And they, they, threw, they, they threw that woman down at Jesus' feet and they said, well, what are you going to do with this gal? We caught her in the very act. My first question is, where's the guy? He was probably, well, I'm going to say that. He's probably in the church. Amen. But everybody was accusing her. Everybody was, was quoting the Bible. He, 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 she needs to be stoned. And there's actually two different uh, executions. If it's, a, it's a, if it's a married woman, they, there was a really bad thing that they went through with the priesthood. And if it was true that they had committed adultery, they had literally rotted to death. But if they didn't, they would be spared. But if it was, a, if it was just a, a virgin girl, they actually would stone them to death and the first stone that was thrown was the execution stone. So they brought Jesus this big stone, and they said, hey, what are we going to do? And Jesus started writing in the sand, and I believe he started writing those scriptures. And then he handed that execution stone to the, probably the most guilty guy and said, what are you going to do? The Bible says they left from the oldest to the youngest. And then Jesus said, where are your accusers? Jesus is not the accuser. He's not the condemner. He, but he said this, he said, neither do I condemn you, neither do I accuse you, but go and sin no more. Jesus did not condone her sin, but he said this, he said, look, I love you. And he called her daughter. He said, this, this turned into a family thing. And I love you. And the law says this, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Aren't you glad that, that aren't you glad we don't live under that kind of law no more? We live under, under the dispensation of grace. 
And it says, to, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God's what? All the fullness of God's love. Listen, when I'm filled with the fullness of God's love, I love everybody. I don't have to be taught how to love everybody or anything. That doesn't work. But you pray this prayer over yourself and you realize, hey, this, this isn't about, you know, sure, it's, sure we want to love everybody in the body, but if, if, if I know God loves me so much, if I know God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever should believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I, I think I've got a new grandbaby. He's precious. He's pure. He's innocent. And I, I, so I was preaching in the jail the other day, and I, the thought just crossed my mind, would I give that little boy up for these 20-something guys that's in this jail cell? God was willing to. God gave up everything heaven had. But in giving it, guess what? He got all us back. Glory be, hallelujah, glory be to God. And to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That just sounds like an impossibility. But now look at the next verse. It says, now unto him, not unto you, quit trying to change yourself. Let God, now unto him that's able unto him that's able to do what? To do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think according to what? According to the power that's working in us. That's the power of God's love that's working on the inside of us. That's the power of God's love that helps us overlook somebody maybe that's done us wrong. And that gives us the authority of a believer to know I'm in right standing with God God loves me, he hears my prayer, I have access, and when I speak to the enemy, he stops in his tracks. Why? Because, man, God loves me. God cares about me. And he's doing for me exceeding abundantly above what I could ask or think according to the power that's in me. What is that? That's the power of the revelation of God. That's the power of the love of God that's on the inside of me. God didn't put this sickness on me. God didn't put this poverty on me. He loves me, and he's, he has made a way for me out. And I'm coming out. Amen. Praise God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church. It says, unto him be glory in the church. Why? Because he loves me. Because he cares about me. Because he's given me authority in his name. So unto him be glory in the church. I said, unto him be glory in the church. It says, unto him be glory in the church. Be glory in the church. This ain't no Baptist church. Come on, let there be some glory in this church. I don't feel like it. Maybe that's why you're going through this stuff. You don't feel like you're loved. Unto him, be why? Because he loves me, man. 
He cares about me. He knows everything about me. He knows every little nuance that's weird and messed up and everything, and he still loves me. Be glory in the church. Why? Because God wants to point to you and look at the devil and say, ha, ha, he got you again. Ha, ha, you thought you were going to stop him here. And, and look, my hand is upon him. He's learned how to walk in his authority. He's learned how to use the name of Jesus. And with the name of Jesus, I'll tell you what, you nail the devil between the eyes every time. There, there was a scripture, I, I think I've preached on it before. It's in uh, Isaiah 52. It says that my people will, will know my name and they will be, they will, let me quote it right. It says, my, my people will know my name and they will begin to know the power of it. It, it is, it is a, something that's cultivated. As you cultivate your prayer life, as you, as you walk in love one toward another, and as you have a revelation that you are loved by God, listen, that authority as a believer, man, you get a confidence on the inside of you. When you know your love, I mean, I know my daddy loves me, amen, and I know I can go right into his house, right into his refrigerator and get a bottle of water. He ain't going to knock me in the head. But some folks, you know, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because I don't have access. I, I, don't, I know I don't have that, that relationship, but I have it with God. And God says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Take your place in Christ. Take your authority in Christ. Be what God has called you to be. Ask God to open up your heart and give you a revelation of his love for you. And I want to tell you, you'll be a force to be reckoned with. One more thing, and I'm going to close. There, there was, a, you know, the, the apostle John, they couldn't kill him. They boiled him in oil. And, and he lived longer than all the, all the other apostles. All, most all of them were mar martyred. I think he was there too, but he lived to be over 90-something years old. And, and his revelation of Jesus was, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Do you, do you see yourself that way? I'm the one that Jesus, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. You couldn't kill him. You couldn't boil him with oil. You could, there would, it was the same way with Paul. Paul. Paul chose when he, it was time for him to step off the planet. But, but let me just say this. God wants to give you a long life. God wants to bless you. That, I, I, one other thing, and I'm, I'll close. But, but I, I, was, uh, I was listening to a thing about this guy named George Mueller who built, uh, he built orphanages in the UK, and he had as many as 30, oh, oh, almost 3,000, 4,000 kids at one time. And all he did was pray. And when he prayed, people would come and, and they'd give him milk, they'd give him all kinds of stuff. And those buildings are still there today. You can look it up on the internet. But, but when George Mueller was 70 years old, the Lord spoke to him and he says, okay, George, you've, you've done a great job, but I want you to begin to even pray even, even more. I want you to enter into to the strength of your prayer life. And from the age 70 to the age 95, for 25 years, he traveled the world, and everywhere he went, he stirred up the people of God, he stirred up the church of God, he blessed the people of God. At the end of his life, he finished stronger than he began. That's the way I want to be. At 95 years old, he's still traveling, still preaching. Amen. Still knocking the devil in the head. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, if you would, let's all stand to our feet. Praise God.
Hallelujah. We want to thank you all for coming out on a rainy night. Do you, Brother Roland, you want to shut down? Okay. Amen. Well, we just, we just appreciate everybody that came out tonight. And, and uh, let me just say, if you, if you feel inferior, just pray that prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 over yourself and realize, man, God loves me, God cares for me, and God has a good plan for your life. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for the authority that we have as believers. We thank you for a revelation of your love that you have for us, Father. And Father, we thank you tonight, Father, as we go forth from here, Lord, we just thank you for safety. We thank you for safety upon uh, our week, Father, the rest of our week as we uh, work in the, the oil patch, as we work uh, in, in the hospitals, Lord, as we work in construction. Father, we thank you for the angels of God that encamp around about us, that protect our going out and our coming in. Father, we just bless the people of God here at Island Church, Father. We thank you for the strength of God in them. We thank you that you're working on the inside of us, Father. And we thank you here tonight at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, that we're empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.